Welcome to the Project Purple Podcast. This is Dino Varelli, founder and CEO of Project Purple. We're on site at the CrossFit Games with a very special guest, Kenny Santucci, the man, the legend, the myth, the GM of Solace New York, which is hands down, and, and I'm speaking honestly here. I'm not buttering you up, Kenny. I don't need to butter you up, first of all. No need to. Probably one of the nicest athletic facilities in the New York City area. I thought you were going to say the country, man. Come on, give me a little bit more of the New York well, City. Well, New York is the mecca for fitness. Let, let's put that out there, right? Like, yeah. Don't you think? Like, you can from, make it there. You can make it anywhere. I remember some guy once said that. I don't remember who it was, though. <laughs> who was that? <laughs> who was that special guy? But no, in, in all seriousness, I, I think hands down, and I've traveled all over the country over the last three years. I've dropped in probably over 100 CrossFit gyms, and your gym is not just CrossFit, it's a lot of other things. So mm -hmm. I've seen a lot of different gyms, and I've gotta say, hands down, is probably one of the most impressive setups that I've seen from the setup. But then also, you've got a great community there, which we're gonna talk about in a little bit, but we wanna back up, and for our listeners at home, and we've got a very vast audience. Mm -hmm. Some of them work out, and some of them may know who you are from the fitness community, because you've done a lot in the fitness community. And then, previous to that, you were on reality TV, correct? I did some, I, I looked you up on Wikipedia this morning. Yeah. I did my homework. So let's talk about that briefly for our audience at home. Yeah. Uh, when I was in my senior year of college, I tried out for uh, a TV show. Uh, Why? Called The Real World. Um, it wasn't like a plan. I was dating a girl at the time who wanted to try out, and we took a ride up to Syracuse, New York together. Of all places? Yeah. That's where the closest tryout was, and she's like, you want to try out for the show? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. Uh, one thing led to another, and I was on the show a year to the day later. So it wasn't like a, a thing I wanted to do. Um, if you asked me at the time, would you rather be on this reality show or be in the WWE, I would have picked the WWE, but no, they weren't knocking on my door. Vince wasn't asking me for anything. So, uh, so I, I took the opportunity, went on the show. Um, a large portion of it was because I had, I graduated in May of 05 from Montclair state in New Jersey and then went, uh, and filmed my first show in September of 05. So it was like four months after being out of college. I'm like, yeah, might as well do this. Uh, I was still wrestling at the time. So I'm like, who the hell's going to be on this show that's going to be able to compete against me? It was a competition-based show. So you were a wrestler in college? Yeah. yeah. From New Jersey originally? Yeah. Went to college in New Jersey? Yep. So you stayed home? I never, I didn't get on an airplane until I was like 21 or 22 years old. Wow. Yeah. So, I mean, if you... So that's like traditional old school Italian. For our yeah. Italian listeners at home, For you sure. usually don't go more than 30 miles from where you when came. I, when I moved out to New York City, which is... 19 miles from where my parents live. So you're still within the 30 mile zone. Yes, for sure. So you're um, still technically home. Yes. I'm, I'm as home as home could get, you know? Um, you know, my parents were like, well, why are you leaving? What are you doing? Why are you going to New York? You could just stay here. It's so much easier. You know, um, you know, my mother was heartbroken. I'm like, well, I'm 26. I feel like it's time to leave, you know? So, uh, yeah, so I'm very old school, traditional Italian family. Um, when I tell people I grew up in Newark, New Jersey, most people are like, no way. You didn't grow up in Newark. I was like, yeah, my father's just one of these Ginzos who never wanted to leave, you know, where he grew up. Like, he, you know, he planted his feet there and wanted to stay there. And then it just got to the point where our neighborhood just got so bad that we had to leave. Um, so we ended up moving up to Montclair. But back to the show stuff, um, I didn't think I was that interesting at the time. I don't know why they picked me. Um, I guess I've always been blunt and honest. Um, that's why, you know, kind of host my own shows sometimes because I think people people appreciate that. Some people hate you for it and some people love you. But if you don't kind of take a stand for something, you don't really stand for anything. So I don't mind expressing my feelings about most things. And didn't someone usually, uh, someone did say, honesty is the best policy. For sure. I don't remember who said that. Historic though. quote there. So you wrestled in college. Yep. So you do the real world. So sports were part of your upbringing. Yeah. Something well, you did. My, my dad wasn't a big sports nut. I'm not. You didn't play soccer? No, I never, no. Italian? You didn't get. We little, played baseball. Baseball? It's like baseball is like New Jersey's pastime and stuff. But so wrestling's I, really big in New Jersey as well. well That's yes. a big wrestling Wrestling state. is like huge in New Jersey. Huge. Um, 
not to mention the fact that growing up, I was a huge wrestling fan. So when I heard there were wrestling tryouts in high school, I'm 13 years old at the time, I thought it was going to be like WWE tryouts. So I'm like, oh my God, I got to pick a song and get a, a robe. You know, I'm like, this is going to be sick. I'm going to live my dream. Yeah. I'm going to be like the macho man. This yeah. is going to be awesome. And then I get down there and there's no ring and there's just a mat and, you know. And you have like, the same outfit as everyone else. Yeah, like, and I'm like, I thought I was going to get to wear like something cool, like The Undertaker. No, but didn't happen. So who is, just to stay on that point, who is your favorite wrestler of all oh, time? God, that's it's a hard that's question. That's a hard question. It's I a know. hard question. Uh, I probably have to say The Ultimate Warrior just because I'm enamored by him. You know, I look at old videos and I watch old videos on him. From someone who, I was an art major in college. So someone who's been on television and somebody who's uh, appreciates art, I think what he did was phenomenal. Like, and he's super, he was super into like artwork. He had his own comic book and stuff. Um, his whole image, his whole appearance, everything about him, you know, from his entrance music to the way he came down to the ring to his face paint, to me was just genius. The you tassels know? on his biceps. But yeah. And his physique, no one looked like him. You know, uh, there's all these stories about him, and you could watch, like, some old videos of him, ever, like a lot of the other wrestlers shit on him, and he was obviously an egotistical maniac, but I put him in the same category as any other lead singer or performer. You're like, somebody like Axl Rose. Like, I love Axl Rose. You love Axl Rose, or you love the Ultimate Warrior, because they are so over the top. They're not normal people. You probably wouldn't be friends with them if you met them. Um, they're not the most likable characters in that regard, but as an entertainer, they're geniuses, right? Like, everything Axl did, in my opinion, was spot on. He was genius. Was he the best singer? No. He could hit some awesome notes, but he's not the best singer, but everybody knows who Axl Rose is. He's iconic. Was Ultimate Warrior the best wrestler? Absolutely not. But everybody knows who the Ultimate Warrior was. Like, they made a statement. And to me, guys like that, I admire. Like, I grew up wanting to be that type of guy. I, I'm only so rooted in, you know, some people are money people and some people are relationship people. I just happen by nature to be a relationship person. I rather do good by people than you know, have all the money in the world. And I think sometimes like that's what happened. You know, like you hear stories about the ultimate warrior and Axl Rose ripping people off or asking for more money or stuff like that. But, um, I think what they did for their genre and what they were a part of, I mean, there's nobody comes close to them. So you just said something about relationships. You think that goes back to, and I know this because I grew up in the Italian heritage of yeah. how, like how important, like we were just joking, but being serious here yeah. about leaving your house where your mom's like, you're 26. Like, how could you be leaving the house? And that's sure. there's like those strong, deeply rooted relationships within the Italian culture. Yeah. You think, I think a lot of cultures have that. I have some, you know, my best friend is Jewish. Um, my, uh, I grew up around a lot of Puerto Ricans and Dominicans and um, Portuguese, and they all have that bond. So, like when you meet other people who grow up in that type of uh, that type of environment, where you help your your own first, right? So, with me and my family, we didn't really. I grew up in a very blue collar family. My grandparents came here, and they were farmers. Uh, my parents and my uncles and everybody were blue collar jobs. They were either teachers, cops, firemen. Um, so I grew up in a very blue collar family and none of us really had any money. I, I always joked around. I'm like, if everybody in my family drops dead tomorrow, I'll be left with a lot of debt. You know, <laughs> everybody else is like, oh yeah, my grandmother left me $200,000. Yeah. I'm like, <laughs> yeah. I couldn't get that if we squeeze all our cash together. So all we had was each other. Um, and you know, my parents instilled that us in us, um, so that we always stuck together. So everything was always share, you know, I, even when I'm at the gym, I'm, if I get anything, like I already started buying stuff for my staff and for my friends and my clients. Um, because if I have any opportunity, I want to share it with people, right? There's a, my ultimate dream would be to have a nice beach house on the Jersey shore, but there's no point in me buying a small house or a, an apartment or something. I need a big enough house so everybody could come and everybody could be there. So for me, you know, sharing and being around people is kind of what I gravitate towards. Well, relationships in life, like, you know, no one, I mean, you could have 
all the money in the world, but if you have no one to share it with, what good is it, right? 100%, but you would be shocked at about how many people don't understand that or are willing to sacrifice great relationships for that. And sometimes you run into shitty situations. Like right now, I'm dealing with something where one of my clients had invited me to a wedding. Same weekend, another client invited me to a wedding. Same weekend, I'm, I have a, like a really big opportunity to go and do some work with uh, this clothing brand. So I'm like torn between all this shit and it bothers me so much. And everybody's like, just make a decision. I'm like, I want to do it all. I just don't know what to do, right? Um, so I, I obviously don't want to miss a work opportunity, but I want to be there at these weddings. So I'm like, I might as well just not go to either of the weddings, send them both a gift. I hate it's it. Hard. I hate it. You're like torn between this. It's You're hard like, being no a nice running. guy and a likable guy. Yeah. Right? Like I want to, I want to do it all. It's just, I wish there were three more of me. Well, you know, I think it becomes harder as you grow yeah. and you build a network and you've done a, an amazing job, which we're going to jump to here in a second about building a business and uh -huh. a brand and what you do. And, um, you know, it becomes time is the most precious thing we have and we don't have an infinite amount of time to do everything that mm -hmm. we want to do. So let's go back a bit. So you do the real world and then where do you go from there? Because this is not the world you're in right now. You're no. not on a, uh, a reality TV yeah. show. I know you do a lot for various companies in terms of video production and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. You're an influencer on social media, but you're not on a weekly show right now. Yeah. And it, this is like a total 180 from where you were. So how did you get there? Yeah. So when I was on the show, I was looking for, cause I was competing and I wasn't on a sports team anymore. So I didn't have my wrestling team to compete with anymore. Um, so I started to look for other avenues and other ways to stay in shape. I started working out with different trainers everywhere and anywhere I went. I seeked out like different high level trainers. When I was in Jersey, it was, uh, I worked out with this guy who was in New Jersey who I became pretty good buddies with. Um, and I loved what he was doing. And then I got the opportunity to work with Joe DeFranco, who was awesome and I admired for a long time and got to do some stuff with him. And then, I started to build this network of trainers I just worked out with. Um, and, and I love what they were fitness doing. Trainers, these are fitness trainers. Yeah. We're at the no. CrossFit Games, so these yeah, are these not were like CrossFit. strength and conditioning coaches and stuff. Um, that's what I looked for. I was like, I want to get faster and stronger. Um, you know, I went to, I and I had some shitty trainers in there too, just like bodybuilding guys or like, you know, big juiced up idiots. Um, and you kind of weed out the ones who really care and want to help you out. And then, um, you know, the one like this guy, Jeff, who I used to work with, Jeff Batori, he was super into everything, you know, and he was kind of one of the first guys who introduced me to CrossFit. Um, and, you know, we started with tire flips and box jumps and bear crawls and kettlebell swings. And uh, this is, God, 2006, 2005. Oh, wow. So yeah. really in the infancy. So really early on. Of, yeah. And then when I was in high school, my high school coach used to have us do like EMOBs, do like a minute worth of bench press, go do a minute worth of squats, go do a minute worth of push-ups, go do a minute worth of pull-ups. So I was doing that stuff when I was in high school. Um, we wouldn't do a lot of it. Uh, the focus was mainly wrestling, but sometimes after wrestling, we would go and do these workouts. Um, so I like that fast-paced stuff. Uh, and then when I got to college, I, you know, or like even in high school too, I was doing a lot of like bodybuilding stuff. Like I read muscle magazines and pulled workouts out of there and like triple h would put a workout in muscle so the wrestling the wwe influence since those guys for sure doing it, like, like if they were on the cover like the rock was on the cover and this was before the rock was this mega star this one he was like the wwe guy um and he used to have like tits he used to not be as he was chubby me. yeah he was like kind of chubby yeah. and i was like oh he looks like me because that's what i looked like i was really heavy as a kid um so i'm like oh whatever the rock's doing i'm gonna start doing that and then like triple h got yoked and i started doing like his workouts that he would put in muscle and fitness or muscle development um so i started following a lot of other stuff so i'd float between these like bodybuilding workouts and crossfit stuff um and I just enjoyed it. I loved it. And then when I started to learn about it more myself, I wanted to obviously share it with other people. Um, so that was probably when I was like 25, 26. And that's uh, when I started to gravitate towards this world because I did a bunch of hosting for MTV and VH1. And, you know, I, did, I had a little thing with um, 
couple different radio shows and stuff. I shot a bunch of pilots. Uh, nothing ever really like took off big. I hosted the Jersey Shore after show on MTV.com for a while um, when that was relevant. Uh, it came back, and I don't know if it's as good as it is. And nobody really has TV anymore, right? Yeah. Like I watch Netflix and HBO. That's it. Yeah. Um, so, you know, with all that, I I hated doing a lot of that stuff. Sometimes I enjoy it now because I'm not doing it every day. Yeah. But for me, like I enjoy going to the gym every day. If I wasn't, I would leave work early to go to the gym. I'd skip work to go to the gym. I'd take my lunch break and go to the gym. So I'm like, what if I just got a job at a gym? At a gym, yeah. So that's what I started doing. Um, and, you know, I kind of never looked back. And there was a lot of times when, you know, everybody's like, well, it was easy for you. I'm like, no, it wasn't. I started at Equinox cleaning up weights, like working the floor. And then, you know, you work your way up and, when you truly dedicate yourself to whatever you want to do, then you'll be good at it. And even if you're not good at it, you're still doing something you enjoy. So I always tell people, like, pick something you really enjoy doing. Like, I was an art major. If I started working, you know, college kind of ruined art for me because, it, like, you'd have these deadlines and projects and stuff. I used to draw out of the passion of it. Like, I really love doing it. Same thing with working out. No one's really got a gun to my head to work out. I just do it. Like, I walked in here, and I saw a bunch of people were about to start a workout at the, the WIT booth. And I'm like, yeah, I'm jumping in, right? Because I love those guys. Um, so I'm like, yeah, and it looked like a fun workout. And I do what I want. I do what I like to do. Like, tomorrow night, they're having me do this, like, one-ton challenge. I'm like, this is all the shit I don't like doing. I'm not that strong. I've never been that strong. So I'm but just don't embarrass there, myself tomorrow. But just being there to work out is like your passion. Yeah, I enjoy Like I just enjoy. enjoy the community part of it. Like if you ask anybody what the best part of CrossFit is, it's like, yeah, you got the hardos who are like, oh, I like getting huge and blah, blah, blah. But the best part is of being around other people. Yeah. As you get older, you there's no real community to be a part of anymore. Yeah. Um, so it gives you a chance to be around people. And there's all these studies now talking about – People who live longer, healthier, happier lives are a have a good community around yeah. them. Like, I have five friends at home that are like my best friends. Like, I'm in. I was in most of their weddings. If not, if I haven't been in their wedding, they're probably not married yet. Um, you know, I'm the godfather of their kids. I'm you know, I'm whatever it is. Like, I'm tightly. I'm really close to them. So. For me, it's like there's nothing that matters more than my family and my close friends. Everything else could take a backseat. Um, so even here, uh, like some of the people I've met through the CrossFit world, I really love, you know, and I and I want to help them and I want to see people do well. Well, you've had a relationship with FitAid. I know, again, from doing some research, yeah. you've been with these guys here at the CrossFit Games and uh, for quite some time. And I know... Uh, Aaron, who's the founder, yep. CEO, I just saw following you on social media, just the comments you made on social media, yeah. you know, as kind of a mentor. And we all, I think anyone of success, no one gets there by themselves. Mm -hmm. Like you have to have mentors, you have to have people that will take you under your wing. And, you know, your comments the other day, just really uh, I, reading them, I can see where you're saying, you know, where you've met people in this industry. And I've seen it from our standpoint of meeting people in other industries that have helped us. It's, it's just so powerful. Yeah. I try to help everybody and anybody. Like Danielle, who you just met out there. Yeah. Um, she's one of my coaches. And she's hungry and she wants to learn and she wants to be a part of things. She's still young. She's 25. Um, and I set her up with FitAid and introduced them to them. And then when I have different opportunities at the gym, I want to give them to her because she wants it. So all you need is that passion and want to drive and then... If there's people around you who could help you, um, I feel like I'm one of those people at this point for her. Um, there are people who've done that for me, and I want to return that favor. You know, it doesn't have to be a lateral. It doesn't have to be somebody standing next to you. It could be somebody behind you. Give them the opportunity to succeed. And even, if, you know, a lot of people do things to be like, all right, what are they going to do for me back? I don't give up if she never does anything. Like, I want to just see her do well, and I want to be a part of that, you know, because it makes me feel good uh, if she does really well. Um, so let's jump a bit. Yeah. How did you get to Solace? So I used to own my own gym in New Jersey. Uh, By your house? Yeah. Yeah, not too far from that. Has um, to be within that 30 miles. It so was mom about 15-minute drive away. <laughs> um, so for me, 
uh, I got an opportunity. I was I was already coaching and uh, personal training. I got an opportunity for with some people to open up a facility in New Jersey, and they wanted me to be the head coach and like kind of the figurehead of it. Uh, I took the opportunity, and I always say this: I'm a shit businessman. Um, super passionate about fitness and I want to see people do well and I'll work around the clock and I'll do whatever I have to do. Um, when I started to open my gym, I kind of started to believe in this, like you got to either find a way or make a way. Like there is no, I can't, I have to find a way or make a way. Um, so owning a business and running my own business was probably one of the most difficult things I had to deal with and do. Um, and I learned a lot from it. Uh, and you know, the older I get, and I hope, hopefully I'm becoming more wise to what goes on. I share that advice and I share my pitfalls and everything that I went through at that time because I kind of got screwed out of that deal. Um, I ended up winning the court case, but I spent a year and a half paying lawyers and stuff going through all this bullshit. It was miserable. Um, when I had come back to the city, I had the guys from Solace who you own and uh, founded the place and they reached out to me and they were like, hey, we'd love to, for you to be a part of this just as a coach. I came in just as a CrossFit coach and then slowly started to develop. You know, I created this hit program that does really well for us um, and started to bring in different people and different friends that I had met and relationships that I met and everything I had at that point or started to build up to that point I shared with the gym. And then slowly I kind of took a bigger role in the business. Um, so, you know, I mean, people are always like, oh, do you own the gym? I was like, I wish I did. It's owned by a lot, a lot of guys who have a lot more cash than I do. Um, but I'm there, you know, and I do what I can there. And I don't, I'm not a very uh, organized guy. I don't like to like keep books or, I mean, which I'm, we knew we had this scheduled for 11 and yeah. here we are. So 30, it's all I, good. Kenny, I, you I, got here. I'm a free spirit. I'm like a yeah. Guido hippie. But you, know? you have people around you that help you For sure. do that, yes. which I know firsthand, which I think is anyone who's mega successful or even successful, let's say, yeah. you don't have to be mega successful. You have a good team around team you. Around yeah. You. yeah. One of the first things- And you realize that. You know that. 100%. The, you have to know. It, I am very humble when it comes to what I'm not good at or what I can't do. Like I said, I'm like, I'm not the strongest guy. People come in the gym, they're like, oh, I'll outlift you. I'm like, I don't give a okay. shit. Everybody, I, there's half the girls in my gym could outlift <laughs> me. I'm like, that's not my thing. Like, um, you know, but I'm really good. I'm like, I'll, I'll put my gym up against any other gym. You know, we have an awesome community. I have awesome coaches there. We have a phenomenal brand. Um, and that's all my shit. And that's what you're not going to beat me at. Like, that's what I that's what I put my heart and soul into. Like, everything there eats, sleeps, and breathes my vision. You know, and that's, Which what, that's is, what I'm super dedicated to. What is your, if you had a sentence or two sentences, what's the vision of Solace? Just, I want to get everyone, I believe that, if you get stronger physically, it will help you mentally, emotionally, and spiritually. When I was, when I ran an Ironman, when I wrestled, whatever I did physically, it helped me understand and gain the confidence to do whatever else I had to do. You know, anytime I've, I've had a feat of physical strength, it helped me, okay, if I could do this physically, I can do more mentally and emotionally and get through things. You know, you go through a bad breakup, you go through losing a job or whatever it is. And I had a ton of shit happen to me in the past where, you know, you feel like your world's crumbling around you. And if you do something physical that day to help you gain your confidence, it, there's that little light bulb that goes off inside you and you're, you feel stronger and you feel better. And whatever it is, whatever chemical is released, those endorphins or whatever you might be feeling at that time, it gets you over that hump. And every day it gets a little bit easier. Every day you get a little stronger. So if I had one message, it would be get stronger every day. Whether it's 1% or 10% or whatever you want to think it is, get better and have a great community around you. And that's what I try to produce. Like anybody who comes through that gym, I want them to feel like they're at home. I want them to feel like for the next hour or five hours, however long they're there, they're at home. They feel comfortable. So when everybody's like, well, people just sit around. I go, let them do whatever they want. Let them feel at home. Now, if you're a jerk off about it and you're going to dirty the gym and you're not respectful of other people's space and time, then I have a problem with it. But if people are just hanging out, having a good time, I don't give a shit what they're doing. Like to me, the programming isn't like 
we need to do this, this, and this. No one's going. We have two guys who are going to the games, and they do anything. Like Alec and Cody are both at the gym, and they're here at the games, and they're not like, we need to do this. If these guys don't give a f nobody else should give a f So enjoy working out. Have a good time with somebody else. Push as hard as you can. Get better, but enjoy it, right? Like, I, I love that saying where if you live in the past, you're depressed and upset because you didn't do this, that, or the other thing. If you live in the future, you have anxiety and you're, you're constantly worried and nervous. If you live for right now, nothing's going on right now. Nothing's happening right now, right? So if you enjoy it and you enjoy the people around you, every day is going to be a blessing. Every day is a better day. Every day is a chance to have a good time. Um, and that's kind of what I instill in people. I'm like, I don't give a shit what happened at work today. Right now, we're going to have a good time and everybody's going to work out. Well, hearing you talk, I just made some notes here. I love the shirt you have there at Solace, which is no bullshit. Yeah. Which yeah. clearly comes from the ethos yeah. and, the, you know, for when sure. you talk about some of these things. And the other thing, I, I had a note here. And I think for even for me, I noticed this before you and I met. And full disclosure here, we met at Wadapalooza this mm -hmm. year. We kind of hit things off because of the Italian. And we just started to talk. And we are going to be working with you guys this fall. And hopefully that will continue and do some other things. But before you and I met, I knew of the gym. And I, quite honestly, Kenny, I was very intimidated because I thought it was like this premier athlete CrossFit factory, you know, for some of the things like I yeah. know Dave Durante has done some things yeah. there with like the gymnastics and mm -hmm. stuff like that. And I was like, oh, wow, like you have to be a really good athlete to go there. But then from getting to know you being at the gym multiple times, following guys on social media, like it is awesome. And I, I want to make a note here, like you have a variety of clients that you train. Yeah. I saw there was like an older guy the other day, I think, or maybe it was a while back, like working on his golf swing yeah. you had him like but he was like had to be like in his 60s 63 yeah, yeah which is just so awesome to see so yeah. they, you know i think you know um what you said is so on point like you know if you're physically strong all this other bs or whatever else is going in your life like you can tackle that and well we we we're most of the time our worst enemy right like a lot of times we're like oh what's gonna happen how do i feel about this how do i think who cares it's not that serious you know enjoy what you're doing um, on a daily basis and don't get wrapped up in the, uh, in the details. A lot of times I always say, I, anytime we have a coach's meeting, I'm like, listen, nobody's curing cancer here. We might be on a, a micro level, but no. And you know, no, knock on wood, nobody's dying here. So let's enjoy it. Make it fun. As long as people leave smiling, I don't care what you're doing. You know, I have a very loose template is how I, how I like to run the classes. I expect you to have the knowledge to make sure people are safe and keep them smiling, right? So I always say the coaches have two jobs. One is to keep people safe. The other one is to keep people happy, right? So if you keep them safe and they feel comfortable and they know what they're doing and you know they, they're, they're performing everything safely, then what else is there, right? They're safe. They're having a good time. Who cares? You know? And you guys do a variety for our listeners at home. Yeah. It's not just and it's not just CrossFit. Yeah, no, and CrossFit's very small percentage. Yeah, of well, what mostly you guys people do. do our hit class, our hit class, or our weightlifting class. We have weight, yeah, you guys do gymnastics. I mean, mm -hmm. I, that kind of incorporates a CrossFit. But there's, I mean, every time I've been there, there's always a different class going on. Yeah, yeah. We, I mean, we run classes all day long. We have over two hundred classes a week. Yeah, and our our uh, capacity, our um, what the hell is it? I'm blanking on the name, but uh, our our usage is what uh, something that floats between eighty one and eighty seven percent capacity. So we're most of the time full. We're got a passing grade for two hundred classes. So staying on the fitness, let's tie in some CrossFit stuff here right now, since we're again at the CrossFit Games with a lot of changes this year. You've been in the fitness industry for a while. You've become a leader in the New York City area. You guys do a lot. I know you do a lot of CrossFit yourself. Where do you think CrossFit goes from here? Like, where do you think the next evolution is, maybe from fitness standpoint, from the CrossFit aspect, or maybe fitness as a whole? I think we've seen the evolution a little bit already. Um, you know, when I got into CrossFit, I started doing CrossFit over 10 years ago. Yeah. Um, and to 
you would have never seen people doing bicep curls and kind of bodybuilding <laughs> shit. Yeah. And you're seeing a lot of that. Like we have a class that just does, we have, and we'll have 22, 20, the cap is 20 people in the class. Bison tries, you're doing yeah, bison tries. Yeah, and we'll do like bodybuilding stuff where it's like fully focused on like, you know, four sets of 10. You're not really moving that fast. You're concentrating on what you're actually doing. You're not, um, there's no wads or AMRAPs or anything like that. And it, <clears throat> and people eat it up. So that's all I knew when I was in high school and college and stuff. Um, that's all what most of fitness was and now you now then crossfit came along and everybody started doing it and what crossfit i pay them so much homage for is they got barbells in people's hands who never have done barbell work uh it was looked down upon or people didn't want to do it or and now you see crossfit where it was like everybody was doing it not a lot of people knew what it was the people you knew doing it were like diehards and didn't do anything but that and now you're seeing this evolution of who got into hit training who just does weightlifting who does this who does that like i love when crossfit girls or guys go well i'm a weightlifter now i'm like well you power started lifter. as a crossfit yeah yeah or i'm power lifter well you started with crossfit everyone started with crossfit, CrossFit yeah. um so i still love doing crossfit workouts i love it i think the the energy there's nothing else like it um do I like to and do? And you other? compete quite a bit, not at the yeah. national level, but no. I've, I've seen yeah, you I, regional, I, and you have a lot of fun. With I screw it. around, yeah, for sure. I I like it. I I'm I'm I never take it that serious, um, and I never take myself that seriously. Uh, it's the key to life, Kenny. Yeah, for sure. It's like when you start getting offended. Like I was telling you before, I saw a guy with a solid shirt on. I was like, "Hey, man, nice shirt." I was like, "Where'd you get it?" And he's like, don't worry about it. Bro. I'm like, well, you clearly take yourself <laughs> too serious. It's, uh, I, and you don't know who I this am. This is a very <laughs> small community. Yeah. I'm like, I, I made that shirt, yeah. actually. I designed it. <laughs> yeah. You should I get mean, my signature on the back. Yeah. So if the guy's I'm listening. Like, You're welcome. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think people who end up taking themselves too seriously or who get offended by everything. You're not enjoying life, right? Like when a comedian makes a joke, I don't think he's maliciously saying it. Like maybe I'm naive to it or I'm an idiot or something. I don't, but I don't take offense to everything people are saying. And when you're constantly offended by everything people are saying, you're clearly not enjoying it for what it actually is or who it's coming from. You know, those who mind don't matter and those who matter don't mind, you know? So, the people who are around you, if they're offended by what you're saying, then it's like, okay, you have that discussion. But if people are constantly offended by everything, it's like, enjoy life. Relax a little bit. Nothing's nothing's know, that serious. Yeah. Even I, I hear comedians talk about it all the time. My family's very much like this. Even death, right, in my family, we maybe we just don't handle it the right way, but I don't, there's no real book on it where it's like, you should cry about it. I'm like, I'm Most right now. Italians don't handle death very well. No, my dad is really sick right now. And like, we kind of joke around about it because there, we don't know any other way to handle it. Like we're, I mean, every time I go see him, I'm in tears about it, but I block off that time to mourn about it and be upset about it. And then I have to move on. And the only way for me to move on is to laugh and to smile, um, especially with my mom and my sister who are very emotional about it. It's like, how do we, how do we work beyond that? You know, I want to take them out of the serious situation and enjoy it or, you know, enjoy life because yeah, we could sit around and cry about it all day, but that hurts. It feels like shit. So, um, and that's how my dad was, you know, he kind of instilled that in me. Like we would, my cousin, who's like a brother to us, passed away. He was a cop in New Jersey and got into a, an accident and passed away. And we were all shocked and torn up by it. And my dad would always kind of add this layer of humor humor and comedy to it where it's like, all right, at least we're not constantly crying. Um, and you hear a lot of comedians talk about that. Like one of the people I've grown to love and admire, um, and I watched it uh, – watch a show religiously comedians and cars getting coffee Seinfeld and you hear his talks and you hear his philosophy and I'm like man this this guy's really got a great understanding of of life of life yeah, yeah. and then he talks with other comedians who kind of look at life the same way that's why they're funny um so I've always been a comedy fan I went to uh improv school for four years in New York so I so you've done a lot yeah in a very yeah. short period of time yeah I uh 
I, I always drift towards humor because when things get like, I hate when things get too serious, when people are talking about serious shit, I'm like, how can I make this funny? You know, or lighten the load. Well, a little bit. you know, we deal with a very serious topic, right? Uh, pancreatic cancer and the statistics are what they are, you know, 9% survival over five years, you know, 75% that are diagnosed will pass in the first six months. And I will tell you, we've interviewed a lot of survivors on the podcast and probably a third of the survivors have said how they've gotten through the chemotherapy and the reality of that diagnosis being as grim as it is. It's probably the grimmest of all the cancers is through humor. Yeah. And that's so powerful though. Like, cause you, cause you sit here and you interview these people and you think like, all right, so there's going to be magic in a bottle that, you know, they're drinking five hour energy to get through this or, you know, a fit aid to, you know, get through this cancer diagnosis, but it's humor. It's something yeah. so simple, you know, and they don't it, it, remember talking to one of the guys, Liam Holt, this guy, Liam Holt, but then Barbieri, Bar Ray, Ray Barbera, uh, Barbieri and they were just talking about how humor would just get them through it and it's just so powerful going back to like mental being so mentally strong for but sure it's like so powerful well you never admire the guy who breaks down or gets upset about it. you're like the hell's wrong with him and but the people you hear about you know hear a lot of like military personnel who come back from war people who survive these life-altering situations kind of joke around about it or laugh about yeah. it or like move on and be like don't feel bad for me i don't feel bad for me so why should you i'm like man i admire the hell out of that guy that's i want if this happens to me i want to be like that guy so when you ultimately gravitate towards someone like that or that's how you feel towards that person then if that feels right then you should go do that you know there are so many times in my life where i gravitate towards what feels good rather than the the opposite because if it feels good, there's something about it that you should go and try to understand what's going on there. It's powerful stuff. Yeah. Question related to fitness and let's relate it to CrossFit. And it's like this 10,000 pound gorilla that hasn't really, well, I, I don't follow it as closely as maybe, maybe other people, but where do you think like PEDs and supplements? I mean, there have been some athletes that did get yeah. Penalized, or they got pinched because they had tainted supplements during the sanctionals that aren't able to compete now for a couple of years. But do you see that being an issue with CrossFit in particular, since we're here again at the CrossFit Games? I mean, yeah, there's a couple of guys who got busted. There's a couple of girls who got busted. Um, my thing is, it does create an uneven playing field. There are people doing it. There are some people who get caught. Obviously, they're they're made the example. Um, you know, I joke around about this because I've heard Daniel Tosh say it. I think it's hysterical when he's like, listen, if, if I'm going to watch these guys go, I want to see the biggest mutants, you know, killing each other out on the field and stuff. But when you think about it, it's like if everybody's doing it, you know, and everybody's like, well, not everybody's doing it. I'm like, all right, well, let it out there. You know, I don't know. I think it's like I, to me, it's sometimes I look at it like marijuana or alcohol. Or like baseball. Remember baseball in the nine, like 90s? Yeah. Everyone was doing it. I mean, I th what they didn't really uh, make it illegal till what, the, the 80s or something? Like, yeah. you see a lot of these guys who are just monsters from the NFL. NFL, what was, yeah. What was that guy? Lyle Alzado. Lyle Alzado. Yeah. Was a monster. Monster. Yeah. So you saw a lot of these guys, like, they were beating the shit out of guys who really didn't even work out, right? No. Like, if you were in the NFL in the 60s and 70s, yeah, just like, big. Namath wasn't in the gym no. pumping no. iron. No. So, like, when Lyle Alzada's coming through the line, taking his head off, yeah, you know? You think about, I don't know, there are guys who are awesome athletes, yeah. hands down, like, somebody like Bo Jackson, right? Yeah. Never. Natural talent. Natural talent, never lifted. And he, it's unfair that he's that much better than everybody else. Um, so, But those are like the one percent, The one percent, right? For so. sure. But I mean, listen, you, I know a lot of guys who played in the NFL. I have a ton of friends who played in the NFL. They're freaks. And the guys who are better than them are even bigger Big, freaks. Bigger freaks, yeah. You know, for guys like us, everybody at this table, I think if you put all our strength together, <laughs> we still couldn't do anything yeah. against some of these guys yeah. so um i don't know i feel like some people just want to compete that bad and you know they're playing with their own i always compare it to the idea of if i'm going to drive in a car and i don't want to wear my seatbelt, the only person i'm killing is myself yourself yeah so if you're gonna if you're willing to do that i mean go ahead you know i couldn't i can't give myself a needle or take some pills that's going to bother my stomach or make me i the one thing god gave me is a great head of hair 
You, know, you do hair. have a good head of hair, oh, and it's the like best. jet black. I'd say probably the best. You don't even have any gray. Well, I could say, I got a little, a little gray, gray and little gray. I'm getting up there, but tomorrow night at the liftoff, everyone will you, outlift me, but no one will, will have, have better, better hair. hair. So, do you? For what sure. product do you use in your hair, Kenny? Um, Melanin Getz. Okay, I yeah. use this like cream yeah. by Melanin Getz. I love that stuff. Like a um, pomade? No, it's or more no, like just, yeah, it's more like, like a, a, a cream, a mousse almost. Yeah. Yeah, it's between a pomade. You're young enough that you don't need the pomade yet. You know, like once you once you, I think you hit forty, yeah, you, know, you, you start, start to get that. Yeah, kinda, that's slick. You, yeah. Yours looks good. Yeah, your silver fox. Look. Silver fox yeah. now. Yeah, so I got to keep it down low. So, you've done a lot of traveling the last couple of months. We met at Wadapalooza, but you you go to a lot of these comps. Yeah, what is probably your favorite comp? And it doesn't have to be CrossFit, but you went over to the UK, right? Yeah, how did you get? How did you get to the UK? First of all, like, what were you <laughs> doing met, over there? I met these guys who have an event. It's turf called the games? Turf Games, <clears throat> and they uh, they did one like a little pilot kind yeah. of event at Solace. They were looking for a space, and I was like, "You guys want to just do it here?" And he's like, "Yeah." So we did it there. Uh, did at Solace like a year and a half ago, um, and then he called me up like two months before he was doing the one in London. And he's like, hey, I'd love for you to come out here and MC it. It'll make it more official. It gives yeah. it that New York City vibe. So I was like, yeah, I'll come out and do it. So I went out, had a great time, met some awesome athletes. Um, I mean, they just breed people bigger out there. <laughs> I'm 6'2". I felt tiny next to a lot of these guys. These They had some monsters out there. Um, but it was cool to see. It's a different type of like playing field. They do some crossfit type stuff. Um, yeah, I saw tires. There were a lot of tires yeah, involved. They were doing some, it was cool. I liked doing a lot of the workouts. Like I did some of the workouts with some of the people who were there. Um, and it was fun. These guys were awesome. Um, so your favorite comp that you've ever over the years, cause you've been here, what, five years, six years, maybe long six, yeah, six, six seven years. years. Yeah, I've been coming across again. So what is your bet? Like if you, we've got some people I, again that know nothing about CrossFit and this might be yeah. the first time they hear about the CrossFit games. Like I'm biased. I'm a Jersey guy. Um, I do the Park. Asbury Park games every year, which is going to be a sanctional sanction event next, next year. year. Um, I love that event. Uh, when the guy first pitched me the idea, I, was, I told fit aid, I told everybody I work with, I'm like, dude, you guys got to get in on this event. It's going to be sick. It's at a sick place It's on the beach, right it's on the beach. And the thing is like now the buzz it's been in the New York post, New York times, everything. Everybody's like Asbury Park's a hotspot. I'm, I've been going to Asbury Park for like the past six, seven years. And everybody's like, dude, nothing's down there. It's a shithole. And now everybody wants to go. And now Asbury Park has its own sanctional event. Like most people in the country don't even know what Asbury Park so is. So should we start buying real estate in Asbury Park? <laughs> it's too late. I've been trying. It's too late. I missed the window. Four or five years ago, I looked at a condo, the same condo I looked at last summer. And it went from 250 to What's in 860. <laughs> oh, Jesus. So we missed the boat on that. We one. missed the boat on that. I'm pissed about it. I really would have loved to place down there. I love the Jersey Shore. That's where I want to die. So two two questions. First one. We've been talking a lot of CrossFit fitness, but you're also a runner. Mm -hmm. How many times have you done the New York Marathon? This will be my fourth one. Fourth. So this will be. So you are yeah. running the New York Marathon, and we were just together a couple weeks ago, and I yeah. was like, Kenny, like I see you doing all these workouts, like. When are you running and what did you, what was your response? I don't run. I don't run. <laughs> so in terms of running, have, how much have you trained for your previous marathons? General physical preparedness. So I'm always work. I don't have to get ready. I'm always ready. You know, I, if I had to go and run a marathon right now, I know I can because I've done it before. I got to run 13 because I'm training for the Twin Cities Marathon, which is a month before New York. So Sunday, if you have time at five in the morning... I'm running 13. I think we're going to start down here and run along the lake. I'll so. tell you what. I, I used so if you to want to join us. I'll do 13. I could do 13. Five in the morning though? I, you know, I'll tell you what. When I used to, when I used to run, um, I would do the loop at Central Park. I've ran that loop 100 times. I used to run from my apartment on 23rd Street up to, up the, park, to the park and then around the loop and then back down. Um, so it came out to like nine miles. Yeah. Because um, the loop six, the big loop, loop six, six. And then so it's, it's another probably, yeah. mile and a half up. Yeah. Um, so I used to do that all the time. I just, when you start to understand it a little bit more, uh, how the body works, I'm always trying to get stronger. I'd like to get stronger. It's the one thing I, I can't do. Um, 
and I just have ADD. I don't like doing the same thing. Like if I get a program from somebody, I'm like, I got to do the same shit again. Um, so I just like doing kind of my own thing. So I'm all over the map. Um, but you do a lot of cardio. I've seen you, yeah. the rowing. I mean, people, I mean, I love to row. I love to row. So if, if you're going to say, like, oh, you want to run it or row it? I'll, like, I'll row What's it. What's the longest you've done on a row? Have you done uh, a half marathon on a row? Yeah, I've done a half marathon on the rower. Yeah. I didn't do the marathon because, again, I just get severe ADD. And I'm like, all right, I'm Yeah, that would take off. a little while. Yeah. I've done a bunch of fives, 5Ks and stuff like that. So so coming into this year's New York Marath- New York City Marathon, how, how much running do you think? Will you go out and do a long run or no? You'll just focus you know, on your cardio with the fitness and yeah, I, mental. Yeah, I just – I'll do a lot more um, – you know, short bursts or sled pushes and um, some sprint intervals, maybe, if that. Um, I want to do it more. I just, every time I'm like, oh, am I going to run today? I'm like, yeah, probably not. That's like three hours to go out and do yeah, a long run. There's much. a lot much you can do. Yeah. Next question, last question. If you could have anyone, in your, in your gym, you have a lot of people, you guys, as I said, and I wasn't joking, but you guys have become the mecca. You get a lot of celebrities that come in. You train some models I've seen, and the, uh, the gentleman who was just there not too long ago, the Navy SEAL, Rudy Reyes, who I saw was on the Solace, uh, Solace uh, Instagram page. I think there's been some wrestlers that have popped in from yeah, time to time. I just had uh, Becky Lynch, who's the women's champ. Seth Rollins came Seth by. Seth Rollins, I saw yeah. once. If you could pick anyone alive or dead to drop in and do a class with you, who would it be? God, I mean, it's simple. Arnold. 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 I'd love to just pick his brain and talk to him. Um, Have I you ever s- met him? No. And I said to one of my friends one time, and a couple of my buddies were sitting around, they're like, oh, if you could talk to anybody, who would it be? I'm, a, I'm like, I said Arnold. And they're like, Oh, you're an idiot. That's just a meathead answer. I'm like, no, think about it. Here's a guy who came from Austria, had nothing. He became the biggest movie star. And the reason why we have blockbuster, you know, movies like that, you know, he became the biggest bodybuilder. He is the face of bodybuilding. He's the Hulk. What Hulk Hogan is to wrestling, he is to bodybuilding. Bodybuilding, yeah. There's the Ronnie Coleman's and you have a lot of these guys who have come and gone, but no one look better than Arnold, right? And no one made as big of an impact. And he's got his own event that's bigger than any other event. You know, the Arnold Classic gets 300 to 500,000 people. Which now has everything. It's strongman. Yeah, it's got it's CrossFit. Fitness, it's got everything. It's, got, cross, it's yeah. got everything. It blows this out of the water. I know. Um, so, you know, here's a guy who's literally done everything yeah. to the He's best. done pretty well. Really well. And was really. the governor of California. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I'm saying he went into politics. I'm like, I'm surprised he hasn't ran already for president. I don't think he can because he was because he wasn't born, born here. here. Yeah, um, but, but I think at he the got same time, you're, you're the governor of the, the largest state, the largest in, state in the country. Yeah, that has probably some of the most influence next to New York, if not the most influence next to New York. So here's this foreign kid comes here. He's the best bodybuilder, the biggest movie star. You know. There's not a, a meathead on the planet. Maybe I just relate to them, or a guy on the planet who's not like ah, I like Arnold. He's cool. Yeah. Like if you don't like Arnold, you're a weirdo. Yeah. You know. So you you think about it. Like you're there's so many of these guys, but yes, yeah, Steve Jobs is really good at what he did, right? Yeah. And Washington was great at being a president as it, first president for as much as we General. know. Yeah. He was just like social media he, wasn't back then. Exactly. So you're knows? like they're like you're the only guy here. Why don't you <laughs> yeah. go do this? Right. You're um, the sucker. Yeah, come yeah. on in. Oh, yeah, we're going to de-seat ourselves from England. Yeah, For sure. come on in. So, um, But like Arnold kind of, he's been in three different genres, three different lanes. And generationally, like think about yeah. it. The, I just and saw the new Terminator. He's He's going to be the Terminator again. And I'm going to go see it <laughs> for sure. It's like the last three have sh- been such shit. But if he's in it. I don't know. I guess it's the little kid that comes out me. I'm like, oh my yeah. God, he's back. It's the same way I feel when the ultimate war, like anytime yeah. I hear the ultimate warriors music, I'll play it during class and people are like, what the hell is this shit? I'm like, you, you, you shut your mouth. <laughs> this is, this is like biblical. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I guess Arnold, it'd be awesome. cool to talk awesome. to him um, because he's, he is, he's the epitome of the American dream. He's come here and he's done it all really well. Um, and I don't think anybody could debate that. 
awesome stuff. Yeah. Kenny, last question sure. for our audience listening at home. Where is the best place for them to find information about Solace, about you, about your dog, who's adorable. <laughs> Thank you. Which we're going to mention here. When people are like, your dog's cute, I'm like, yeah, I had nothing to do with it. She's adorable. <laughs> well, the story, uh, yeah, you had nothing to do yeah. with that. Like the story is great, though, how you adopted her. Yeah. And, and um, just- so my dog's uh, Instagram is at uh, Lola the Sharpe. Um, she's awesome. Uh, she's got one hell of a personality for a dog and anybody takes after her owner probably exactly. And anybody who doesn't think dogs have personality, you probably never had a dog before. Um, and at solace, New York, um, we're actually planning right now, uh, our next strong event. So check out strong in New York and, um, me, I'm at Kenny Santucci. I pretty much put everything on Instagram. Instagram is the best place to find yeah, you. Instagram. Awesome. I don't like I'm not crazy about social media, so I try to stick to one form of it. Keep it simple and easy. Awesome. Well, Kenny, thank you for being a guest on the Project Purple Podcast. Thanks, guys, for having me. Sharing some very powerful stuff, brother. I appreciate it, man. Appreciate it, man. Thank you. That's a wrap on another episode of the Project Purple Podcast. (laughs) 